Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed i'm ken napsack for another edition of the big show the main show the superstar destroyer of our fleet you know the drill this is four center with me is joseph scrimshaw and jennifer i was gonna say bb8 but ewoks still more appropriate land <laughs> <laughs> i that was perhaps the most colorful intro ever it kind of went down to palpatine i, I was rolling along and then yeah. i was like i don't no, nah, i don't want to go that yeah. direction. <laughs> <laughs> well uh we are happy to be here i think yeah. yes we Jennifer, are bb8 ewok landa i will take it the yeah. weird cyborg bb8 yeah. ewok yeah yeah that's me joseph fuck see- not jedi i'm here <laughs> yeah. happy to be here too i want to see bb8 not a bb unit but bb8 
with an Ewok. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like R2 and Wicked and kind of shocking Ewoks at parties. Yeah. Mm. BB-8 would have some fun. BB-8 shocking some Ewok butt. Yeah. Yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, guys. Today, we are going to dive right into a wonderful main topic. This is Joseph. I, I like to so say this is from... This is from the depths of your mind. <laughs> it is. I like these, around I like these kind of topics. <laughs> when we go off kilter. We're not just going to be talking about what you think about Porgs. We're going in deep. It's Star Wars meeting other fandoms. Yeah, that's right. It's something I've been thinking about a lot because I think uh, some of the fandoms that we happen to have on the on the podcast are really blowing up right now. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones, Twin Peaks are in their, their heat of getting a lot of social media attention. Uh, Jennifer is going to talk a little bit about her fandom of Disney, mm-hmm. and Disney never stops getting attention. Right. <laughs> because they're so powerful. Uh, but I can't help stop being in thinking when I'm enjoying another fandom. Star Wars, I've gotten this opportunity by doing this podcast, doing Jedi mm-hmm. Alliance before it, and because of how large the community is, to just go all in right. on Star Wars. And I can uh, afford the, the time to read the books and be fully immersed in it so i get the full star wars experience right and then with other fandoms i don't always have the time or the resource to be totally invested yeah uh but i find myself uh wanting to have that time so that to me there's an interest in like the time management of when you love multiple things <laughs> really is like you know which, which of your children mm-hmm. do you love more or give yeah. more attention to yeah mm-hmm. uh just as a fan but then also you know getting into the depth of the themes and the ideas because like we can all talk about what's going to happen mm-hmm. next on, uh, on game of thrones like it, yeah. is the next disney movie a good idea but getting down to the meat of like what is the idea and which ideas you know of other things we like resonate with star wars which really disagree with them, and what about watching other things makes us appreciate Star Wars even more? Yeah. Mm. That, mm. I, I love it. First of all, the, just the surface stuff you're talking about of not having time yeah. or feeling guilty. For instance, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about you know, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan the movies. Not yeah. sorry, the books or anything like that. Not that I'm, that's a whole different podcast, but, uh, but, that, <laughs> but that's my point. It's a whole yeah. different podcast. But I love those movies. And I'll watch uh, the, 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 the three Fellowship, uh, Two Towers, and Return of the King uh, once a year, roughly on a Saturday, put in the DVDs and watch the extended editions all four hours. I'll do that. That's how much (laughs) I love those movies. Yeah. I would lose uh, Lord of the Rings trivia. Contest. I have. Uh, my, my, my girlfriend and I, our first date was at her house playing Lord of the Rings trivia, and she beat me twice. Whoa. And um, yet you won. That's great. Because won. You, you, you won a relationship on I that won. quest. <laughs> I won. And what, so I feel guilty about that, and I shouldn't, but I think that comes from Star Wars. So it yeah. sounds like I'm saying this negatively. I'm starting from this point, but you're so right. We now have, we feel like you, you kind of have to focus, you have to pick a lane. Yeah. And just kind of go, I just can't get into that. That's good. I'm going to watch it, but I I can't read all 50 books about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's a weird spot to be in, and I think that comes a little bit from just the full bubble of Star Wars we can climb into and get lost in. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the volume of story that's available. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think most of us have lived with the base, the original few movies, yeah. uh, for so long that they're kind of ingrained. Uh, Jennifer, do you think about this kind of stuff when you're watching other media that, like, I wish I had as much time to invest in it, or for you, is it like a conscious choice of like, no, I decided to go all in on Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is about time management. I mean, I love, I love Game of Thrones. I love Walking Dead. 
I want to love Twin Peaks, you know, but I just, I mean, I don't have all the time to, to dive in as much like, you know, with the Game of Thrones, I've only read a, a couple of the books. I didn't right. read all of them. Um, and uh, what, what was the other thing I was mentioning? Oh my goodness, I'm just, I'm blanking. Uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. So again, like I'm seeing people on Twitter having, sharing these crazy moments from the show yeah. and I'm like, I just, I want to know, but I don't have, I don't have that channel. So yeah, I mean, it's about time. And I, I like to think that someday when I'm old and gray, mm-hmm. I will sit down and just enjoy all the things that I've been putting off. Right. You know, right. read all the books, watch all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ken, I want to get into yeah. a little bit on, on Game of Thrones because right. you do get an opportunity to dive deep. You, you got your show you're doing on Collider Video. Yeah. Uh, you got your anchor station. Yeah. And also, it seems to me from the outside that you certainly have a depth of knowledge that maybe you even pursued. You're like, I'm going to memorize all the things. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely was, and it's, and it's interesting. And, and so Star Wars inspires that in me and, uh, when I look at other fandoms. So when, when something new comes across my radar screen that, that I feel, oh, this might be worth my time, um, I hold it up to the Star Wars standard. Is it going to inspire me? Is it gonna, am I going to crawl into this mythology? Is it going to affect me? And if, if it doesn't, it doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're trying to get me to watch Doctor Who. I, I, I'll, because I love you as a friend, I'll, I'll do it once. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll be able to dive on into it. And so in my head, I'm like, well, then we'll just wait on that. Much yeah. like Jennifer's saying, when I'm old and gray, I'll watch Doctor Who. I'll, who, I'll have 50 years to get through. Yeah. I'll die before I finish <laughs> um, So, again, um, Star Wars is just this big standard bearer. So Game of Thrones came along. I had not read the books. I'm I'm a big reader, but most of my reading, if it's not you know Nick Hornby or Douglas Adams, it's David McCullough, and I read you know Teddy Roosevelt bios, yeah, and uh, <laughs> things great. like that. So I was familiar with these Song of Ice and Fire books in the sense of yeah, yeah, yeah my some of my friends nerd on the lower on the nerd scale than I are reading these weird dragon fantasy books that you can probably buy at a grocery store, and I was wrong, very wrong. How dare me? I was wrong um, because the show comes out. With first 30 seconds, I'm hooked, and it was like, ah, I have another world to crawl into, and it hit all the marks that Star Wars set for me. Yeah. All these things of these characters and everything, and then the flip side is what I'm learning about modern Star Wars storytelling is I want it to be a little bit more like Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily brutal, Mm. but this push with Lost Stars, this push with Inferno Squadron where we're like, well, Imperials are, you know, you think they're the bad guys, but the top guys might be, and there might be some brutes down below, and yeah, they still, uh, you know, they cause problems for Ezra and Lothal, but let's talk about the people who died on the Death Star. Talk about this. And so once you start crawling into those themes, that's that to me is not directly. I don't think anyone Lucasfilm was like, you know, we need to keep up with Game of Thrones. I don't think <laughs> that. But I do think Game of Thrones has affected TV and that we need big reveals. We need yeah. big deaths. We need to be shocked. We need mythologies to crawl into. Um, but I think in Star Wars, seeing, we're seeing more of this, you know, we're talking about going to The Last Jedi and it's going to be, quote, different than other Star Wars movies. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Pretty dark. I think that is now some of the modern storytelling where Jamie Lannister's not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's a guy, and he's got some issues to work through. And that's kind of what I think, as a whole, we want sometimes in our new modern myth storytelling. And I think uh, I'm happy to see Star Wars 
potentially go into some of that, but I want Star Wars to remain Star Wars. Yeah. It's a complicated thing, these fandoms. Absolutely, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. We mm-hmm. do not want exposition about what happened to Luke while somebody is having sex in the background. <laughs> that is not <laughs> Star Wars. Oh, What's that Porg clear? doing? What is that? <laughs> nope, nope, no Porg porging. Don't, no, don't no Porg Porgs. Porg. Uh, oh, boy. No Porg Porging. Uh, but yeah, like I can really see the spirit of Jamie Lannister as he's portrayed in the show in Cassian Ander. Like a little bit of a roguish guy who kind of has what seems to be an internal compass that we right. would morally agree with, but it keeps getting tilted by different right. magnetic poles. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good example of, uh, I did the, the the episode of Star Wars Ranked of the Game of Thrones characters who would work in in, in, in uh, Star Wars. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a flip side. And casting would definitely be on that list. And that was the sh- thing I'd like. About Rogue One and the first two acts sometimes labor for me, but but when he takes that blaster and kills his informant, it's like oh wow, yeah, something we haven't seen before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I liked it. Now, I, I a person told me recently, which this may or may not be true, but that basically uh, the human brain can only hold so many little facts, mm-hmm. and unless you use them, access them, they go away. And usually, when you actively stuff a new one in, that means something else is going away. Yep. So do you feel like you have, in order to make room for uh, Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. you've pushed some, uh, uh, you've dropped your information at the first sign of Imperial Pursuit? Absolutely. 100%. It's not the answer you necessarily want for this conversation. No. Uh, Major League Baseball. Okay. Major oh. League Baseball is you you did a large info yeah. dump to make room for Game of Thrones. Um, I am a huge baseball guy. Love it. Still still in it. Still in a fantasy league that I've been in for 19 years, a big money league. Um, but that's where I go to. So when I started this in 19 years ago, um, you would ask me whether this means to anything, anyone to anyone listening or you guys. It's a National League-only league, which means you, you only draft players from the National League, not the American League. So that cuts the player pool in half. Okay. So it means you have to know not just the superstar, but the backup and the guy in the minor leagues and the guy who got, just got drafted. And I was one of those guys who would be like, so-and-so, so-and-so, he hit this last year, he did this against left-handed pitcher. I loved baseball that much. I'm a stack guy. Yeah. I love it. Um Time changes some things too. <laughs> you, Jennifer, will speak. I'm sure. And I'm sure yeah. having having a child has changed some of that, oh, if, yeah. if not a lot of it. Yeah. I don't have a child, um, but I do have Game of Thrones. It was birthed into my life, <laughs> and I just felt. And again, my career changed. So I felt it's weird. I, I I make jokes about you know dying, being buried in Funko Pops. I I had some Star Wars merchandise. Uh, prior to hosting Jedi Alliance, I had some Star Wars T-shirts. Then it became a job to me, a great job that I love, and I became obsessed with more, 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 more. And that's why I have so much Funko Pops, and that's why I have so many T-shirts. And that's why. so along the way, I had to kind of. It's so sad. I kind of made this like I can't study baseball as much as I. I haven't gone to a game in three years. Mm. Haven't watched a televised game this season. I just had to kind of put it out. Yeah. And open my mind so I can know about the history of Westeros. <laughs> all the different characters yeah. and, and families. The histories and, and and Star Wars too. And I feel I feel let down, you know, I, I let myself down if I'm like, I haven't read Rebel Rising yet. Yeah. There's something I probably haven't learned yet because of that. I will read um the, you know, we do these book reviews and you're great at making notes, Joseph and Jennifer, you're more studious than I am as as well. Um, but I'll try to remember some stuff, but I will miss some stuff and I'll have to go to our friend Alex at Star Wars Explained to watch his yeah, videos and be great. like he is great. Oh man, I didn't even know 
the Ewok was in the book. <laughs> because my mind, I feel so yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah, I think there's the facts. And then I think there is also something about uh, letting uh, a story breathe and letting it get, have room in your mind. Because I yeah. think like some of the magic to me of Star Wars is, you know, there wasn't that much Star Wars content. So I would have nothing to do but like think about it. Mm-hmm. The, I think I've mentioned before, uh, job shrink-wrapping knives. Yeah. And the only way I got through that is by guessing which action figure would be made next. And that's like an example. Of it, it, it breathes. Uh, and now, you know, there's so much content. Right. The individual stories don't necessarily have time to breathe, which I think also affects how we absorb them. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Whew, it's daunting. It is. <laughs> it's so daunting. daunting. There's it so much is. to consume. Uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to touch a little bit on Twin Peaks and, uh, yeah. and hear about Jennifer's uh, Disney and then what kind of. And Twin Peaks, I mean, this has been burning your soul since the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So Twin Peaks is interesting to me. I mean, I have a lot of interest like Doctor Who, uh, mm-hmm. and I also feel guilty. Uh, you know, I perform every year at Gallifrey One, the big Doctor Who convention, and I don't know as many facts. Right. 50 years of facts. Sure. You know, and sometimes I get nervous. So when I was a kid, I was nervous that I would get beat up for knowing too much about Doctor Who. And now I <laughs> get nervous that people be mean to me. But nobody ever is. It's a great, welcoming right. fan community. So I love Doctor Who, love James Bond, Cthulhu, all sorts mm. of stuff. All sorts of loves. But uh, Twin Peaks is really interesting to me because like Game of Thrones, in some ways it could not possibly be more different than Star Wars. Yeah. But the things that are similar about Star Wars just really makes me like appreciate and celebrate both of them yeah. more and, and think it makes me think about them on a deeper level. So I get back to that, like soaking in the stories of what's the, what's the idea behind this? What's the meat behind this? Uh, and one of the, the largest connections is the, I can't believe this is happening mm. because Twin Peaks had its two seasons. It burned bright, flamed out immediately. It had the fire walk with me movie in 1992. It had three or four, uh, uh, yeah, it had three tie in books and one set of cards and some t-shirts, and that was it, and yeah. I had everything. I had yeah. fully consumed Twin Peaks in every way possible, and then it just sat there dormant for years and years and years. Uh, and it was the same thing as, like, Mark Hamill being Luke Skywalker again. Right. Like, mm. these, these are things that simply will never happen. Right, right, right. So then to have them both come back around the same time has this, uh, it, it's this strange magical effect of, even though I'm an older guy, of like, maybe anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe if you wish hard enough, if you dream hard, we'll talk about Disney, but maybe yeah. if you dream hard enough, yeah. it can happen. Uh, and now that Twin Peaks is back, it's fascinating because there is a community. It's never going to be as large as Star Wars. Right. But there's still a, a much larger community than I ever had Yeah, as a kid to talk about. Uh, but some of the interesting like thematic connections to me is that uh, Twin Peaks is also obsessed with duality. This mm. is not that huge of a spoiler, right. but a spoiler for the new season. The new season is a lot about, uh, there are two different versions of our main hero. There's a good Cooper and a bad Cooper. Ooh. And they're just, that's just it. It's just, mm. I mean, the show is called Twin Peaks, so the theme of duality is not subtle right. in the show. Uh, but it's this kind of goodness that you don't see on TV. It's the opposite of the pushing toward the gray yeah. in Game of Thrones. Because good Cooper is a good person. And Bad Cooper is just scummy, awful, killing, right. murdering, just cartoon bad. And that's like really harkens back to like uh, what is powerful about the origins of Star Wars. Right. Of yeah. Darth Vader's awful. And Luke Skywalker is good. good. <laughs> period. And because of that, those moments of goodness shine. Right. Mm. And they feel so like they take away because you have the, the badness to balance it out. The goodness doesn't feel cute 
or insincere. It feels like authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's, you know, these stories that tell dark things so that the light can truly shine and you can truly feel like, I want to be like Luke. Yeah. I want to be like Cooper. I want to be a good person. <laughs> good look at how that feels to, to be like that. So there's that, there's that great theme. There's a lot of uh, prophecies. There's a lot of uh, circle imagery of things coming all the way around in Twin Peaks. Mm. So there's like sort of mythic connections, which make me uh, have fun comparing and contrasting to Star Wars. Uh, but then the other real big thing I wanted to mention is just the practical reality of these things coming back right. uh, means a big punch in the face to ageism. <laughs> because we want to keep telling these stories. Yeah. And these are how old the actors are. Right. right. Who were in these things back in the 80s and 90s. Mm. So, sure, there are some new, young, attractive people. Yeah. But look at the way we get to celebrate all of these older people who would not be celebrated. Yeah. Right. Um, and the main driving force, there are young people in the new Twin Peaks, but the main driving forces are all people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton has a pretty no. large yeah. role, oh, and great. he is ninety years old. And yeah. You just get to watch a ninety-year-old just kill it. Yeah, you know, in a scene with a twenty-four-year-old, and yeah, it, yeah. So there's something really powerful about celebrating um, older people, right. but also because these are narratives of beloved characters, conflict remains. Time mm-hmm. has passed. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. happily ever after. So there's this, we talked about it a little bit before, there's this, because we want to continue being in our fantasy worlds, right. we have to deal with the reality of yeah. life has ups and downs, life has conflict, time changes things. And age. And age, <laughs> yeah. and you can never fully go home. Yeah. So you mm. got to find a balance between the new and the old and accept that change will happen. And in Twin Peaks and Star Wars, it's really nice because they're like totally in lockstep yeah. in this sort of accidental mission. Yeah. That's just out of, came back after a long time and we had to hire some people. And that's amazing that you've had this stretch of a couple of years, the two biggest things. <laughs> two biggest things. Yes. In the, yeah, no, I'm insanely lucky. As, yeah. I, as look back, I realized like. they worked. Mm-hmm. They worked. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Axel and Slash are back together. Right. Doctor Who's very popular. I mean, all, yeah. a lot of things I, I like disappeared in the early 90s. And yeah. They're, they're back now. So that, that makes me really happy. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, those are some of the ways that even though a thing is really different than Star Wars can make me pull out what do I love about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, that's interesting because I would not have gone into this. It's like I know you're a Twin Peaks fan. I would not have connected them in any, any way. Yeah. But other yeah. than David Lynch almost directed Jedi. <laughs> You know? yes, which would have been great. It's, easy, it's an easy leap for Game of Thrones. I think George R. R. Martin is inspired by Tolkien and history, and, and, and Star Wars has to factor in that in some form because it's just modern myth movie making story. Yeah. Like, but yeah, Twin Peaks to see it connected to Star Wars is fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each episode, I imagine, you can really just break down and what what is that symbolism and what does that mean, just like how we do with, <laughs> with the teasers and the trailers that we get from right. Star Wars. Absolutely, yeah. Mystery is such a huge part of Twin Peaks explicitly because it first came on our radar is the question of who killed Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's interesting because Star Wars seems to have always dabbled in mystery. Mm-hmm. But now we're at this point where I think like Force Awakens asks us, who are Ray's parents? Right. Yes. That is a mystery. It does not present the mystery of who is Snoke, but we are going to make it one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fan community. Yeah, yeah. Which, which has a negative impact in the sense of, like, it's like, what does that insignia mean? And then helmet. Yeah. Think peace. Yeah, right. yeah sometimes. Exactly. But that's just, that's, yeah. that's overall. But, but yeah. that's been really cool, too, just yeah. to see the fan community comparison. Like, Twin Peaks is mystery. It invites yeah. mm-hmm. incredibly weird, wild theories. Yeah. And because David Lynch plays a character himself on the show, 
who is hard of hearing, mm-hmm. and he speaks in his weird Lynch voice really loud. Yeah. Sometimes there'll, there'll be a, an episode, and people come up with the wildest theories, and you, you tune in the next week, and it's Lynch's character, the one of the creators, mm. yelling at you that you're wrong. <laughs> and, like, he didn't plan it, because he made this a long time ago, but yeah. just, like, something will be presented as a mystery, and then the next episode will just be like... Well, here is what the blue rose means. And he'll just yell it at you. <laughs> oh, and it's really, goodness. and it's, it, there's something really beautiful about it because yeah. it, he can't have planned it as a smackdown to fan theories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's, but it is still working that way that, you know, it, it's like if we made a bunch of guesses about who Snoke is and then yeah. we went to see Last Jedi and then it's just George Lucas on screen going, oh, no, it turns out. <laughs> not that George is the creator of the new series, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. I want to see this show so badly. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Uh, but Jennifer, I want to get into your Disney fandom because uh, uh, I don't know a lot about your your Disney fandom. Yeah, you know when we were when we were thinking about this topic, I was like, well, what is my? Fa- I love Harry Potter. I love Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. But I was like, what have I? What do I know a lot about? What do I always go to besides Star Wars? You know, what movies do I watch? What stories? come to mind and it's Disney it, and I was thinking about it I'm like Disney has had such a huge uh, presence on our American culture you know and it's had an impact on so many whether it's through the movies everyone knows who Mickey Mouse is yeah. but the interesting thing about the fandom which I was thinking about too is that it's always it's always existed right but yeah. a lot of it comes around like going to the park itself right. the, the, you know that the culture the fandom culture is like going to Disneyland going to the the Disney Resort and having those quote unquote magical memories and kind of feeling immersed in that world, which is what we're going to get with yeah. Galaxy's Edge. We're oh, going to yeah. get that experience yeah. that Disneyland already gives Disney you're, fans. You're doing a good job calling it Galaxy's Edge, by the way. <laughs> I, I stopped myself. I was going to say Star Wars Land. Um, but yeah, and I think that the thing that's that's similar to Star Wars, which obviously makes sense now that, that Disney bought Lucasfilm, but it's that it's the, the modern myth telling, you know, these these myths, these uh, fairy tales, you know, that have been around for mm-hmm. so long and just, you know, repackaging them in these with these new characters or even some like, you know, the Little Mermaid, which has been around for a long time, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I think around 2007 with like Tumblr and social media, it's like uh, it kind of the fandom regenerated in a new way. And yeah. I feel like a lot more younger people were connecting and sharing GIFs, GIFs, whatever. <laughs> and like, it just kind of got this like rebirth in some way where now we have Oh My Disney and we have uh-huh. the Disney Channel. And, and it seems like there's a more active fan base yeah. and people doing meetups and like, right. you know, people sharing the, the food and the Dole Whip recipes and like. Wait, you know, what? Oh, yeah. Is this from Dis- <laughs> Disneyland? Yeah, from Dole Disneyland. Whips? They have the Disneyland Dole Whips, which oh, are freaking oh, Pineapple Dole. Oh, yeah. my okay. gosh. Lines people- around the corner, almost yeah. to the, the Bengal barbecue. <laughs> it's right exactly yeah. the Bengal Dole barbecue. Edge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people are sharing those recipes. And mm-hmm. what I love about the Disney fandom is that, like, Star Wars fans are really positive and great people. Yeah. Disney fans are even more positive and kind and happy and celebratory. I, I find that there's not as much negativity, at least like my experience okay right um it's really a, a, a way to escape yeah escape your yeah. troubles it makes the, the yeah the thing about the majority of like the the bedrock disney movies are myths and fairy tales retold mm-hmm. that makes sense um but they since they're not in a shared universe which mm-hmm. almost all of the things that we geek out about are so shared, huge yeah. huge shared universe you can dive into this story Do, so you feel like it's the physical ability to go to like 
the Holy Land (laughs) multiple together that that makes up for not having that, like, well, of course, this is how Mickey plays into the story of Snow White because blah, 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 canon. Right. I do think that there is a through line through all of their films. The only one that I remember I was really scared by was The Black Cauldron. I don't know if you guys remember that film. That was seemed like a real kind of uh, tangent for Disney. It was a little bit scary and not the typical Disney film. Disney films are magical. You know, they have these these moral lessons and usually, you know, good versus evil, just like Star mm-hmm. Wars. Sometimes princesses are involved. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there are some classic Disney traits that are that are part of it. All Disney movies. It's a Disney touch. It, and it, see, it was really interesting. When Star Tours first popped up, even as a young mm. kid, I thought it was weird that Star Wars was at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like two separate things, and again, almost the Twin Peaks thing, where there's there's more connections than you might imagine. Yeah. But now that Star Wars is you know bought by Disney and fully embraced as part of the park, and, and Galaxy's Edge is coming, it does make perfect sense to me that we're going to have these this Star Wars is a world we want to crawl into, and Disney by design is a world you're not supposed to know you're in Anaheim when you're walking around there. Nope. You're not supposed to. They they bought the air above them, so planes can't fly <laughs> over. Like. It's it's crazy, and I think it, it's a, it, it, it's a, it is a connection now. It, it really works. is. And I there's mean, princesses. Uh, yeah, and the minute that you walk on Main Street and you hear that music, you yeah. feel transported, and everyone that works mm. there is is friendly and smiling because, as we used to say, you know, you're on stage. You're going to create these right. these magical memories for you guests. You worked there, right? Were, yeah, I did. You were a cast member? I was a cast member for five years. Wow. And Who were you? it was magical. I was Princess Jasmine. Oh. Yes. And the thing that was so fascinating, because I grew up, oh, I was a Disney kid, Mary Poppins, Alice in Wonderland, obsessed, like big obsession. Mm-hmm. But so, and I remember I had no one to identify with except for Mowgli, the character from the Jungle Book. And I was really bummed by that. I was like, I'll never be a princess. And then when Aladdin came out, I was like, oh, right. I can wow. be a princess. And then when I was cast to, to portray her, it was truly, it was something special. Um, and yeah, Disney is really it's really powerful for kids. You know, yeah. uh, just all of the stories are just they're simple, and yet they are they are empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that makes me think of like, not only obviously they bought Disney, bought Star Wars, and all that, but it does seem like that um, value of being immersed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, from the idea of Disneyland of it is the happiest place on earth, and you should feel like you are in a different reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm is very similar to using in a galaxy a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away of just like proclaiming you are not in the real world anymore. Mm. You are in this heightened, exciting place. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. It made sense when they, when they bought uh, Lucasfilm. Yeah. Just because they they definitely have the same kind of philosophy as George Lucas. This is for kids. These are moral lessons, modern mythology. Yeah. It's all all the same thing. And turkey legs. And (laughs) are there any, uh, any Disney movies that you, don't like but like you, you know like how over time we we have become to embrace the weird parts of star wars that are like everybody has their part of star wars that they don't like mm-hmm. um, right. do you have your corners of disney that are like that where you're like i'm just not down with this movie or this tv show mm, you know i mean as I, I do love the princess stories but i do sometimes i'm like oh i don't know like i don't know how comfortable i feel I, I, that's why i love leia the self-rescuing princess yeah, yeah. you know and the princesses have a lot of great great qualities but i do have to remember you know snow white was a a certain time. And yeah. She, yeah. She has a very high voice and very <laughs> delicate and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so there are some things where I'm like, I don't know if I'll show my daughter that 
just yet. Okay. You know, but the, uh, overall, I, I do love the pot, the positivity of yeah. Disney. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to find a movie for my daughter to watch. She, she could barely watch anything. And I was like, oh, what Disney movies? What, what, I need Disney movies because nothing, everything is PG nowadays. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you said that you thought the, the fans were, uh, in general for Disney, really, really positive. Mm-hmm. What? What would ever turn them to the dark side? Because, yeah. like, I feel like we understand it, being a part of the Star Wars community, you know, so you, you love it, and then something you don't like pops up, and it's tempting to turn to the dark side with your dislike of a corner of the galaxy. Mm. Yeah, because there's stuff in Game of Thrones where I've seen people drop off the show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Plot stuff, or, or which is is yeah, it's a complicated decision for me to leave that show. You, you kind of knew what ticket you were buying when you got on this ride, right? Not that you can't be offended or sickened or have reactions to things, but when I'm done with the shows, I hear that, like, then maybe you shouldn't have even started. But uh, I don't know if that'll ever translate to Star Wars. Yeah. Force Awakens Rogue One had that potential. We love them, and I know there's mm-hmm. some detractors, and I, I, I love having discussions. Prequels. Yeah. Mm, hashtag prequelist. Yeah. Um, but even that's starting to change. Yeah, but as far as Disney fans, I can't imagine, Mm-mm. you know, unless they're like... Uh, we're gonna remake Song of the South, word for word. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. If they didn't update themselves culturally, I could see people yeah. going off. But beyond that, there's like Disney just produces some element of fairy tale, mm-hmm. and it has to have a, a happy ending, a message, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but it kind of does have. To, it has to be wholesome. Yeah. If it's not, if if people feel like it's yeah, too getting too mature, dealing with risque issues or something, maybe people may not like. Okay, that. so gritty, Disney. yeah, gritty Disney, yeah, gritty they, Disney. They will Disney. not like that. Yeah, no, okay. I would not like that. Yeah, <laughs> keep, keep my Disney. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a fascinating thing with Twin Peaks is there is a debate about whether or not the new season, the return, is trying to buck people off. Oh, like it's, and it's one of the things that's great about it because it is like nothing else on television right. the way mm. it moves. So it it forces you to say, are, do you want to be watching this? Right, right. Because, you sure? Are you sure? Because, uh, yeah, and just recently, like, a fan favorite character returned, and it was done in, like, the least fan service way possible to the mm-hmm. point where, like, that has to be intentional. <laughs> where you knew that we were all expecting yeah. this thing to happen this way. You know, yeah. and, and then and it then, was very much done the opposite way. And it's very, I like it because it makes you question everything you've seen before. Right. Uh, but it is, it's fascinating to me to have um, a piece of art that is so aggressively being its own thing. Saying like, well, hey, fans, we want you to like it. Yeah. But this is it. Yeah. We are not, we are not this, this is for the fans. We hope you like it. But we are making exactly what we're making. And if not, just let the bucking Bronco throw you. Yeah. Mm. Which is so different than... Uh, I think Game of Thrones might have an element of that. I think certainly Star yeah. Wars wants to be challenging. They want to tell tell new yeah. stories because they know they have to to stay fresh, but they also don't want to do anything that's going to throw fans off. I think mm. that's a big challenge with Last Jedi because Ryan Johnson's the type of filmmaker that would, you know, kill Luke in the first act or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know, just because <laughs> that's what the story needs and that serves the story, but that's a tough thing to do with Star Wars fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even the most... Positive offense. Yeah. You know? Can't mm. deviate. Chewie didn't hug Leia. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me, though, too, because Star Wars has to change mm-hmm. to survive because yeah. that's yes. what the biggest critique of Force Awakens is that yeah. it isn't different enough. So then the argument becomes how different do you make it while still feeling like you're going home and there's nostalgia and you're visiting your friends, but not right. too much nostalgia. 
Right. It's so fascinating. Right. Yeah, I mean, even like how they're releasing content, like the Freemaker Adventures mm-hmm. on, on, I think they're, 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 oh no, they're airing it on Disney XD, right? Where yeah. it's like almost every day or something. I think so, yeah. And I read the executive producer was like, well, we're doing this because this is how fans consume content now. And it's just like, you know, and then you think of Game of Thrones and how that kind of changed things. And like yeah. we've talked about the, the shocking, the shocking reveals and yeah. the, the character deaths. And it's like things are evolving. If, if they don't evolve with the time, people are going to, yeah. Yeah. Get bored. Yeah. Mm. I think. Mm. Speaking of getting bored, <laughs> inside Star Wars, do the, the, the denizens of Coruscant, do they have a fandom? I want to believe. Because mm. other than the famous Plagueis opera scene in Sith, we've yeah. never really seen them be entertained. No, not Pod racing, I should say. Pod too. racing, we've seen on the Pod on the bars, yeah, on the club. But uh, of course, Itchy watched his video. Oh, oh well, <laughs> the holiday special. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> they don't curl up to a good book. Yeah. Yeah. This, this yeah. Like to me. Performers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who does it? He watches. He just watches an exotic dancer, no, right? Yeah, or is it Diane Carroll? No, no, that's yeah, Diane Carroll, and then uh, it's right. uh, L- Lumpy, right? That watches the the Cirque du Soleil. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they they mention the Holonet so much in the books in the comics yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, but they never really mention like this meta show inside this world we're watching. Yeah. And I'd be fascinated to be like, because that's a great piece of propaganda, right? Yeah. Because why, why wouldn't Palpatine have like sitcoms that are like <laughs> cute little things with laugh tracks that teach you how to be a good imperial citizen? Yeah. Mm. You know? Ooh, like even in Harry Potter, remember the, the I can't remember her name, uh, Greta, Anita, whatever. Uh, Rita Skeeter? Exactly. And how she was like the reporter of the galaxy and kind of the gossip columnist. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see that side of Star Wars. Who's the gossip columnist? Oh, the, like, the New yeah, York yeah. Post. <laughs> The Holonet journalists. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Could be, I could see like a all the president's men type of political thriller. Yeah. You know, go that route. Yeah, yeah. we get a little of that in Bloodline where things get leaked, yep. but they yeah, get yep. leaked in the Senate really, not in the Yeah, it seems like know. inside politics more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. I but that. would That's would great. that you know, Star Wars has to still feel like Star Wars, but it must push new territory. Would the characters explicitly having a favorite show? Would that break it for you if if Poe was like, hey, Finn, I know you grew up in this other place, in this other way. Did you ever see It's Wookiee Time? Was that a show where you're from? <laughs> I want to see that now. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? It it might cause me to go, what? That's yeah. not right. But it would make sense because when in, in uh, you know, Attack the Clones, when they go to the bar, they got sports on the TV. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. You know, so, and then with the opera and Sith, it seems like Lucas understood that there would be some form of entertainment. Yeah. There have to be, not just sports, not just activities, but... You know, some some radio plays at least. Something's yeah, got to be going absolutely. on all in it, so it would make some sense. I wouldn't mind seeing that kind of conversation. What's in this holocron? <laughs> not, as, not as like on yeah. point as did you watch it's yeah. Wookiee time? Though right. we should watch that. <laughs> right. but just something, or that maybe at the Canto Bike Casino, there's some kind of play or something. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. I think that there's something about that that's powerful. That the kind of older forms of entertainment feel right in Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. live performance feels right. Live performance does feel right. Jennifer, how would you feel if there a television show? 
though, just a straight up, like, they watch something like Game of Thrones. I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of like it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Or like a Discovery Channel with the Porgs, you know? Like, <laughs> here are the Porgs in their natural habitat. Yes. The Porgs walk up the hill at Achtu, <laughs> carrying their eggs. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker has rediscovered what we believe to be an extinct species, and they're cute as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to see. That would be pretty great. Uh, uh, yeah. There's something to me that's powerful about the idea of a soap opera. Oh. Yeah. Just a story that never ends because, it keeps in a way, going. that's what Star Wars is. 30 seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, man, you know, the production uh, quality dipped in the Clone Wars because there was a war on that planet where, yeah. they, where they shot the soap <laughs> opera. Yeah. But, you know, they were on location on. at Megito. <laughs> Megito. And they got, the <laughs> studio was blown up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Star Wars fans can probably remember 8 million other uh, uh, examples where media yeah. or entertainment is mentioned because the Holonet does get used a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. But I am not pulling up a real specific I'm not television a, show. And I was no. trying to think of music and other than, you know, figuring Dan and Size Snoodles. Right. Uh, you know, we don't have a ton of that, but it's like. Yeah, Zeb listens to the radio in one episode. Yeah. Uh, radio like yeah. Thing. Here's some space rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe uh, you know, a space concert wouldn't seem. It would seem out of place. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't seem incorrect. Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't be incorrect. Yeah. I want to see it. Like their version of the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, that Why would not? be. There's something cool about that. Like some yeah. stadium. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. I would and like then maybe that. Maybe some sort of action happens there. Oh no! Yeah. Someone with a blaster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea then that if they have media, then of course they would have media discussing the media. Of course. Oh, they'd have like Jedi Holocrons, which yeah. are like, these are Yoda's early reviews of its Wookiee time. <laughs> <laughs> They've been preserved. Uh, Yoda, oh reacts. Yoda reacts. Yoda reacts. Yoda reacts to its Wookiee time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this, I do not. <laughs> Poor episode this was. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. Maybe fandoms will factor in to the yeah. Star Wars story at some point, but fandoms definitely factor into what we do now. Pop culture is king. Nerds are king. Geeks are kings and queens and whatever you want to be pop culture is everywhere and fandoms are very important and i love uh, what we talked about today joseph that fandoms can inform other fandoms and, and 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 affect other fandoms and sometimes there's just too much yeah sometimes you can't absorb it all but it is really magical when you can have uh, one story that talks to another story and yeah. of course we'd be happy to hear from fans about what their other stories are yeah. that they like that and that make star wars even richer for them yeah and what you have to cut to keep star wars exactly. in the front of your brain <laughs> That's big for right. me. From there, we're going to take audience questions. We love to do this every week. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Force Center Pod or on our Facebook page or on Patreon, patreon.com slash Force Center, where we take some questions from there each month as well. Joseph, as always, I always say it. We got some good ones, but I was looking at these ahead. We got some good ones. These are some damn good ones. Uh, the first damn good one is from Rob Clark, who asks, Considering the crazy amount of snakes Luke had to peel off him during his visit with Yoda, do you think old Luke issued a no-snakes rule to his exile? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he doesn't seem to be as bothered by the snakes, but it seems like Dagobah, uh, you know, if you were... If he if if Luke knew he was going to go into hiding, he might have thought, "I'm not doing what Ben or Yoda did. <laughs> right. I'm not going to a yeah a rough living place." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know the 
plate how he was living, you know, a little cave or a little hut or something. I don't yeah. know. But he's got those cute little porgs, Jennifer. He's got a great view, nice oceanfront water, mm-hmm. uh, waterfront uh, property there. I can get behind this. What more can you ask for? And I I almost wonder, maybe the porgs get some sort of Star Wars fish. Ooh. You know, maybe they get him his fish and he fries it up for dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, he's, he's set up a nice little life there. And... Two-toe? Octo? I would love if one of the first shots we see of Luke post uh, the opening where he takes a lightsaber back or whatever we think might be going on there uh, is him just roasting a pork. And that <laughs> Lucasfilm this entire time has been like, oh, no. Oh, no. Everyone thinks they're cute. We're in trouble. <laughs> that would be a very Twin Peaks-like move to be like, you expected one thing. We're going to keep it fresh and yeah. do something that yeah. you did not expect. Yeah. Yeah, like that shot yeah. of that cute little pork as Luke reaching down to capture it, to oh, eat it. No. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. his first words to Ray are, pork? Pork? <laughs> Fresh oh, pork? God. Fresh oh, pork? God. The porgs have just changed everything about this story. Yeah. yeah the joke was have. lonely Luke. Like, no. 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 daddy's got buddies, and that's what I was going to say about this question. I bet there are snakes, but porgs eat them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So the snakes are taken care of. Yeah. No snakes biting Luke, because the porgs eat snakes. Porgs eat snakes. <laughs> that's funny. Great quick oh, question. Yeah, amazing question, Rob. Uh, next question. Question comes from Brandon J. Rocco. Uh, if Finn and Poe retired after episode nine and opened a bar, what would they call it? It's a, it's a I would call it one. jackets. Jackets. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I like that a lot. Jennifer, do you have any any bar thoughts? The ship. Ship? Get it? Oh, Get it? The ship. Oh, that works nice. on multiple levels. <laughs> oh, my God. I would really like to go to the ship. No, that, that, that's really great. Uh, I had two ideas. One is just good on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. But I, I like my other one. It's nowhere near as good as, as the ship because uh, it's just too blatant. But I can drink anything. Ah. Ah. <laughs> I can fly anything. I like I it. Like that. Yeah, solid fun. question, Brandon. Very fun question. Uh, and now uh, those are both from our general Facebook page. These questions are from uh, patrons on Patreon. Oryx Stu Vetland, I hope I'm saying your name right, uh, asks, do you think either C-3PO or R2-D2 will be killed in episode mm. 8 or 9? Mm. Would it be as emotional if a droid died as it would if a human character like Finn or Poe died? Can't have them die before they open the ship. Oh, boy. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, I thought that was a great question, but painful. Yeah. Never really stopped to think about it as a possibility. And yeah, you can't be. The death of K2SO was perhaps the most emotional death in Rogue One. It yeah. Was. Uh, I, I, and that's, that's not me just, uh, just saying that for the sake of this conversation. That was the one I was a f- like, oh, no. Yeah. This is sad. And this is what they're doing. I've never really seen that in Star Wars before. Droids aren't people, right? But if 3PO or R2-D2 died, oh, that'd be I think it's sad when R4 <laughs> yeah. gets his uh, you know, uh, head ripped off by the Buzz droids. Oh, yeah, Sith. yeah, yeah. Like, that's sad. That's sad to me. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer, you're you're a droid uh, you're a droid person. I was going to say a droid lover. That sounds weird, but you're a droid, <laughs> a droid person. Enthusiast? A droid enthusiast. Thank uh, yeah. you. Yeah. No, um, I can't imagine. We've lived with these characters for so long. It'd be like Han Solo, you know? I mean, it just was like, oh, that was it was so devastating. And I agree with the K2SO. That yeah. really got yeah. me. More so than the the human characters, it which was a, it it, was a little it weird. Did. The weird to say, I get it, but it did for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there is something about Star Wars is doing a better job of telling this story that we, the audience, know the droids are sentient and have feelings. Mm-hmm. And then all of our, our human or alien characters kind of know that, but just don't want to think or talk about it. Right. And I think that's one of the things that made KTSO's death powerful is, you know, he, he was kidnapped and reprogrammed. 
but he still cares and he's yeah. he's making a sacrifice he's funny and yeah and he's stuff, funny yeah. and charming and so human so yeah i think it would be uh i i think it would be more devastating yeah. honestly yeah um and, and I and I also there's something with George Lucas originally introducing the droids is they're the ones who are telling the story. Yeah, like, right. Don't let the story end. No. Yeah. So great question, brutal yes. but great question. Thank you. And our final question comes from Alex Brandt, who asks, when it comes to Star Wars trivia night, what is your best and worst category? Well, mm. yeah, Ken has had some experience with this. I, I experienced oh. firsthand um, when uh, on this last May the Fourth day, when uh, Michelle Boyd and I gathered for was the Geeks Who Drink contest, okay. there, or held around different places. Went down to Anaheim for one, and and I was just coming off re- re- relatively just coming off that Star Wars Schmodown trivia win at, at Star Wars Celebration. So I was Michelle and I were tweeting out pictures and stuff, and people were like, "Oh, you guys are going to crush! You're going to crush!" And we we came in second. Um, lost by one point. Mm. Found out because the scores are released like the next day or something on their website. I can 100% sure the reason we lost was a uh, vehicles and wep- uh, droids photo round. Oh, Where geez. I think it's because, I've, and I've said this before, it's one of my weaknesses. And if you're, if Alex from Star Wars Explained, if you're listening, you're going to take me on a schmodown. Or Joseph, you're going to take me on a schmodown. <laughs> you know my weakness. I'm giving it away here. Uh, I just grew up calling it a gunk droid, so I don't know its full name. Oh, okay. I, it's an ion cannon. I can't remember that it's an ion cannon planet defender. I just don't, for some reason, like, I only learned the DL-44 was Han's blaster, like, three years ago because of Star Wars video game or something yeah. like that. It just is Han's blaster to me. I grew yeah. up in that kind of generation, um, the Kenner generation, and so that's why I still will, will call him Walrus Man, mm, <laughs> not Ponda right. Baba, so I struggle. <laughs> I think, Joseph, you're a little better in that. Um, but yeah, I can 100%. That's my, that lost Michelle and I the contest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm relatively similar in, in this, yeah, uh, there's been some, uh, I was going to say sword rattling, there's been some lightsaber rattling about me uh, behind Possibly doing some Schmodown stuff, maybe Star Wars, maybe Inner Kingdom. We'll see. We'll see what happens with mm-hmm. that. So, so it might become a very practical concern for me that I need <laughs> to study up. Because uh, people yeah, on yeah. Twitter have very yeah. kindly said, "I bet you'll do well," and I don't want to let those people down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I am in the same way. Like, I think my strongest suit is probably Jedi. Like, I like knowing all the weird Jedi from yeah. the prequels. And then I have just dis- specific things that have lodged in my head for different reasons. I know Blastek DL-44 because it was on the back of the Power of the Force Han Solo action figure uh, in the 90s. And I loved looking at that. Right. So it's that kind of stuff. But, like, the technical stuff for me, like, the exact n- numbers. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, which... You know, trash compactor unit is is it in like oh. some of the things like Docking Bay ninety four I know, but sure. if it's TK four two one, yeah, right. if it's a string of numbers that gets difficult for me, and uh, yeah, yeah, the technical, technical. got to read some technical readouts, yeah, of yeah. all the battle stations for myself. How about you, Jennifer? Your strengths and weaknesses at Star Wars trivia. We all have the same weakness. This is so fascinating. I thought I was alone in this, but I feel <laughs> I feel much better now. Yeah, all those numbers, and I know things by the by the old names. Snaggletooth, and I'm just like, ah, oh, geez, I'm still saying Adat, like telling my daughter Adat, and I went, that's okay, oh, you're, no. you're raising your child right, yeah, that is cracks, <laughs> that's that's wrong, um, but.
but yeah, my strength would definitely be like creatures and random facts that are, I used to have a lot more before I had, before I had my lovely daughter, boy, my, I felt good. Now I yeah. need to be taking more cinnamon, I hear, because it increases your memory <laughs> power. Oh, that's uh-huh, good to uh-huh. know. Yeah. I suppose you're a little bit of cinnamon every day. So I'm going to uh-huh. be taking more cinnamon so I can learn my vehicles and I will be cheering you guys from the sidelines. Well, that is okay. great. I'm, it, it, yeah, if I do a schmodown, I'm going to start drinking, uh, putting some cinnamon in my coffee Ooh. every day. <laughs> do it. Good. Good. Watch out. My husband Here swears. Cinnamon yeah. scrimshaw. Yeah, he's like, it's totally working. <laughs> Love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for the tip. That's great. Yeah, uh, and thank you, uh, thank you all for the great questions. Great mix of weird, fun ones and brutal, brutal droid questions. Mm. Oh, that is tough. I, I, Ulrich, I never really stopped to think about three PO R two died. How dare you? You're making me cry. Oh, That's a good yeah. one. Thank you guys so much for the questions. As always, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Find our official Facebook page. We're trying to get to a thousand likes on the Facebook page. We're still on iTunes, as well as you know. When I say still on iTunes, means there's so many other ways you can listen to things and digest yes. <laughs> iTunes, which I don't even know is called iTunes anymore. It's like <laughs> Apple Podcasts or something. Yeah, you know, they, oh. they changed the name just like Ponda Baba and yeah, Wallace Man. I'm still calling them <laughs> Imperial Dignitary, but we are on there. We'd like you if you can, if you have it in your uh, in your day, you can take a moment to rate and review. If we get to 25 ratings and reviews, there'll be another special databank brawl where Joseph cooks up something great with some uh, big time characters. We're on Patreon as well, Joseph, where they can go and support our adventures. That's right. For just $2 a month, you get access to our monthly bonus episode, Finish the Fan Fiction, where uh, patrons provide us the beginning of a story, and then we finish it. All three of us do it, and it is uh, one of the more fun things that we get to record. Uh, we get to have wild flights of fancy, and you get to hear Jennifer do some amazing voices. <laughs> Said it you. before. Mm. Said it before. <laughs> Thank you. Best work. I am. <laughs> uh, That's there you great. Go. A little sample. Yeah. And <laughs> our merch is available, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can get a shirt advertised at cons. It's your, at your office, at your local swap meet. Just walk around and a Force Center shirt. We we love I I have my shirt. I'm getting some more. I love them. I love them. I love them. So that is it for this week. But before we go, we'd like to uh, let you know where you can find us and some of our other things because like everyone else in this room, oh, we're, we're knee deep in this media discussion That's fandom world, right. Joseph. And we yeah. talk about a lot of things. You included here. All the time. Yeah. So you can hear me rant and rave on social media at Joseph Scrimshaw across all the social media, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but then my anchor station, uh, Headcanon, is a general purpose pop culture. So I get to talk about Game of Thrones. I get to talk about Twin Peaks. Maybe I will talk more about Disney yeah. because I have been dropping the ball on that. Uh, <laughs> you just go to Anchor and, uh, and download the app. And uh, my station is called Headcanon. And, of course, you can check out my personal podcast, Obsessed. And go to my website, josephscrimshot.com, to check out where I'll be performing next. I'll be going to Dragon Con soon. Outstanding. I heard rumors. Not this year. Not this year. Oh. Well, with, when's Dragon's on? Soon, right? This yeah, it's uh, Labor Day weekend, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Glad There's coming a, up. Coming out. Chance I might be joining oh, in Dragon Con. that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Wow. We'll, see, we'll see. We'll see. Jennifer, you got a lot of things going on as well. I do. You can check out some of my latest YouTube uh, videos. Where The latest one I'm unboxing or doing a toy review, as the kids call it, of the Forces of Destiny advent, wait, adventure figure. Is that what it's called I think now? that's yeah. what it is. Adventure figure, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Leia and a little Ewok. Oh. With the flocking. Yeah. Oh, 
yeah. So I have, uh, yeah, exactly. So go check that out. YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa and all the social media sites, the same name. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. I have the Napsuck Files podcast feed. Daily Thrones on Anchor. Collider's Thrones talk. I'm talking Game of Thrones, Star Wars, but not Major League Baseball. I canceled that <laughs> podcast. Maybe next time. So for the Porgs, which I'm sure tastes so good, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.